Hey everyone, hope you're having an absolutely amazing day and thank you for joining again to the Dylan Nicholson Journey podcast. What an episode the last one was with Dave Gardner, the most passionate man you'll ever meet. Now moving on to this next episode, it's one that has been one of the deepest chats I've ever had on this podcast and it's with a man by the name of Miles and uh, this man, he's a dreamer. He has taught me just by speaking to him for an hour and a half what hard work really is. Like to achieve what you want to achieve, it takes hard work and he's a testament of that. He runs three different businesses but still somehow manages to have, you know, a life he wants to live and uh, I think it's a testament of what he's all about so I'm super super excited to share this episode with you you're gonna love it and yeah it's my longest one it's going for an hour and 10 minutes so I would um, sit back relax or chuck it in when you're going for a workout and uh, yeah get keen you anyway we'll smash into the podcast now sure man um so I'll delve straight into it. Um, a way I like to sort of break the ice of the interviews by asking you something that not a lot of people know about you. So it might be that you're into chick flick movies or <laughs> have a certain habit that you find a little bit weird. You don't know if everyone else does it. Yep. So, yeah. Interesting question. Uh, it's not something that uh, I guess I think about. So it's hard to answer. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty open about everything, man. So I'm kind of like an open book. So what you see is what you get. I, um, I just wake up, work hard, go to sleep, repeat sort of thing. But um, yeah. the, the first thing that comes to mind, um, which has always been funny and something that people don't know about me is um, I'm a super like emotional dude yeah. um, and super connected to sort of like my own feelings and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, something I always used to laugh about was uh, if me and my partner Holly used to watch, say for example, Biggest Loser or yeah. a scary movie or something, I would be the one that would be upset or crying if like the, if the contestants didn't lose weight or it was like a sad moment and yeah. my partner's just like rock solid steel. Yeah, um, yeah, just like she's just solid. And then if it's a scary movie, I'm the one that's like freaking out and she's the yeah. one that's just staying solid. So yeah, that's man, awesome. I, I, I um. I'm not a small dude. I'm a, you know, a fairly, maybe larger than average dude and yeah. do martial arts and stuff like that and yeah. not scared of anything. But then as soon as I watch Biggest Loser, I'll start crying or yeah. if I watch a scary movie, I'll freak out or something yeah. like that. So you have a good little soft That's it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Um, so now the ice has been broken. Uh, let's take a step back and hear about young Miles. Um, what did you want to become, let's say, around year 11, year 12? Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that you grew up on the coast, went to Miami High, and was a school captain. Yeah, so, man. Do you done your research? Yeah. Classic. LinkedIn. Oh, classic. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, good LinkedIn. Um, I did grow up on the Gold Coast from 13. So yeah. prior to 13, I lived in Sydney. Um, I had a bit of a sort of not your average sort of upbringing. Um, I lived with my mum who was severely schizophrenic for my whole life um, and my grandparents also sort of brought me up. Um, my dad left when I was probably about, about two um, and I don't blame him because of the, obviously the, the situation with my mum mm-hmm. um, and pretty much until I was 13 he was trying to get custody of me. Um, at 13 he did 
um, and he moved up to the coast. It was literally on my birthday, on my 13th birthday, right. and I started at Miami. And um, yeah. yeah, man, um, I was the school captain. Yeah. Um, I was, funny fact, I was the school captain in my primary school as well. Wow. Um, and so, so yeah, you always had that like natural leadership? Or? I, I guess so. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know. I've tried to self-reflect because um, I do a lot of that yeah. um, and try to see what's in me that sort of, what's in me, what are, the, what are the characteristics that sort of put me in that role or made others see that I was valid for that role. Um, I guess you can sort of break it down a little bit more when you're in high school because your personality's developed a bit more, you've had more life experience. But I've tried to sort of reflect and see why I also had those qualities when I was in primary school because yeah. obviously um, I still had them um, to be able to be picked in that role as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, always had sort of maybe a little bit of a leadership quality. I think maybe because of the upbringing with my mum, having to deal with a lot of uh, different situations to probably my peers, yeah. um, maybe gave me that experience and compassion and empathy for others, which I guess could be seen as maybe leadership or making it comfortable for people to come to me with problems or questions or yep. something along those lines. So yeah, wow. Yeah, we're gonna start put yeah. it down to that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And um, so moving on to the next stage of life after school, um, what did you do after? Did you go straight to uni at Bond, or did you um, take a little bit of a break? And definitely didn't take any breaks, man. Um, yeah. I. Uh, I always wanted to, I always said, even from a really young age, I wanted to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever that meant, yeah. um, it's obviously a lot different being a businessman, so to speak now compared to what I may have thought it was going to be. But I always said, I want to be a businessman. I want to be yeah. a businessman. And so, um, I was surfing at the time or bodyboarding yeah. and, um, throughout sort of high school, um, but I knew that it wasn't going to provide me with the life that I wanted for myself. So always had a backup, um, being that I wanted to get into business again, whatever that meant. Yeah. And, um, when it came to being at uni and filling out your sort of, um, university admission form or whatever it is, um, what do you want to do at uni? I just wrote law and I wrote Bond Uni. Yeah. Uh, it was close to my house. I could literally ride my bike there. Yeah. Uh, I loved the facilities. Um, and that was pretty much it. I didn't want to go all the way to Griffith. Um, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't get accepted, but luckily I got accepted. And I also thought that law was the closest thing to business. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it would be a, a good, uh, sort of education for me to have to get into business. Mm-hmm. So got into law, um, did that, uh, at Bond, I was still surfing or bodyboarding a lot at the time. Um, and, uh, just, I was just a past student. Um, I definitely wasn't, a, an exemplary student by, by any means. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like uni. I just went in and went out and did yeah. what I had to do. And because Bond was a school where there's quite a lot of sort of international students and people that come from interstate to come to that particular uni. A lot of groups were formed and I had my friends outside of uni. I was the only one that I knew that went to Bond Mm -hmm. uh, from my school. And so I didn't feel 
right there. I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel like I wanted to be a part of that culture. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to stick with sort of my, my group and my friends and stuff that I already had on the outside. Mm-hmm. So um, I did what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and I completed the qualification. Um, and during uni, I um, did work placement at a law firm. And I did five days, uh, so I worked full-time, unpaid, as a, um, as a work experience student, um, pretty much in the capacity of a lawyer, pretty yeah. much, um, for eight months. Wow. And that was what get, got me sort of that into that firm. They uh, eventually offered me a position, yeah. and I worked there, and I worked as a lawyer for six years. Wow, okay. Um, I never, ever intended on working as a lawyer or being even admitted as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. It was just a natural sort of progression. And um, I think I fell into that structure. Um, and yeah, man. And then the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so now moving on to the next segment, it's all things business. So okay. your businessman, you must love it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit how you first started um, Hype Group and was it called Athletic Agencies for a while? Or? Correct. Yeah. And um, how you integrated your passions of sport and wellness into the business? Yeah, really good question. I think my um, love for business has has been there from a young age. Yeah. Um, my partner Holly and I used to like love fashion, love clothing. We used to screen print our own shirts and created our own brand when we were in high school. Yeah. And we used to sponsor like the local surfing competitions and things like that. And that was an awesome hobby and sort of got us started into business. And even when I was working as a lawyer, um, I got involved in heaps of different startups from little fashion distribution companies um, where we import clothing from Japan, uh, martial arts clothing. Yeah. Uh, we created our own martial arts clothing company, which actually did quite well, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it just didn't survive. Um, we just didn't know enough about business at the time. Yeah. That's, you know, it's all the experiences. Yeah. Failed heaps. Um, and it wasn't until... Uh, I was working as a lawyer and I pretty much, my soul was just damaged in that role. Yeah. And like, it, it just, you can tell from my personality, I'm quite high. I'm quite emotional. Yeah. I'm quite um, positive. Yeah. And as a litigation lawyer, you're just dealing with disputes day in and day yeah. out. So as you can imagine, it's not a real positive environment. No. Um, and you are basically incentivized as a staff member to get as many billings as possible. So yeah. you're, you're, you're there to make as much money for that law firm as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're dealing with just really negative matters all day. Yeah. And a lot of the time you'd um, deal with matters that you didn't necessarily agree with morally. Um, and I ran into a few situations where, uh, my work conflicted with my morals and values as a person. Yeah. And, um, I started to really question whether that was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my partner, Holly, who had quite a lot of autoimmune diseases, um, and a really uh, bad immune system at the time. Um, her doctor said that if she had her temperature drop below a certain temperature, she needed to go straight to emergency because she had no red blood cells to, you know, combat any of these sort of illnesses or sicknesses or 
all these sorts of things. Yeah. And um, she called me one day and she was really sick. Um, she had to go to the hospital and my partner in the firm wouldn't let me leave because we had a big court case the next day. And um, I had to organize. He's basically said, if you leave, don't come back. And I was trapped in the mindset where it was like, well, I need to stay here. I need to stay with this job. I need to pay my bills, blah, blah, blah. Just stuck in that crazy mindset. And um, had to organize for my partner, Holly's mum, to take her to the hospital. And so it was the first, it was, it was the first time that my work environment really sort of affected my personal life and uh, didn't allow me, even though it was my own decision, not to look after my loved ones who were really sort of special to me. So um, that was my first sort of warning in my own head, like I can't let this happen. And then the next time, pretty much the next week um, or whenever it was, uh, I was dealing with a matter that I didn't feel comfortable with and I started getting hives all over my body. They just started appearing on my hands and my face and my body. And next minute, I literally looked like a reptile like I can't even describe it to you. Like I was scaly from these hives and just itchy. And wow. it was obviously my nerves and my body just basically reacting to um, basically my emotional state. I felt fine, but internally I was obviously just crashing. Um, and from that moment I quit yeah. and I had nothing to go to. Um, I eventually got a role as, sorry, I'll go back. I started my own little um, dispute resolution firm um, with a couple of other lawyers. And so I jumped straight into business there. And we looked after quite a lot of clients um, on high level matters. I thought I was gonna change the world. I thought I was gonna change the way that legal services were provided. but that's a deep seated sort of industry, man. So I wasn't going to change anything anytime soon. And I thought that by doing it on my own, in my own business and being in control of my own business, that I would have a different mindset to it and I'd be happy. I wasn't. So I did that for eight months. And um, one of our clients was a big fashion distribution company and they needed a head of national sales. And he offered me the job and, um, I saw it as a cool opportunity to change industries, get back into fashion and marketing and sales and um, working for cool brands that I loved wearing and, you know, getting involved in and consuming their content and everything. And so I jumped into that role and that was awesome. Um, And I did that for over a year. And then basically for whatever reason, um, I decided that I wanted to get back into marketing and doing those things, starting businesses that my, it was always been my passion for since I was in high school, printing t-shirts and things. So, um, I left there, I got a camera. Um, my partner is a personal trainer, online coach, and my friend was a personal trainer at our local gym. And they just had an air of special they had an air of confidence you know when you walk into a room and there's people who kind of light up the room it was those two they were the head personal trainers at the gym and they just had a good vibe and I knew how to use a camera and take photos and create videos and I was like man I need to create something from this 
And it was in the time when, I don't know if you ever remember a brand called Shreds, which was a supplement brand. Um, it was a while back now, but it was basically the boom of the online age of like supplements and social media influences in the fitness space. Yeah. And they just killed it with content and this particular sort of vibe. And I saw it and I saw that it was making such an impact. And I saw that a lot of brands were stale and they weren't following this trend. And I said, I was Holly and Jake, um, who were the personal trainers. And I was like, we need to make a business. So we created a brand. We started selling online nutrition plans and training plans and things like that. Created the website, uh, created the branding, did the videos, all the marketing. Um, I invested a hell of a lot of my time and energy into Facebook advertising and things like that because that was really booming, starting to boom at the time. And we built a little business. And um, organically, other brands were seeing what we were doing and they contacted us and said, can you do the same for us? And so we started doing it for them. And there was, Athletic Agencies was born, essentially. Um, we then started to go around to all the trade shows, um, which were like the fitness expos, and um, which are always in sort of Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. Um, and there's quite a lot of them throughout the year. And we would pick up clients who were exhibiting at the trade shows and we'd do videos for them so they can post on their social, say that they're there at the trade show and get people to come and try their products and things like that. And that provided us a platform as well. And so athletic agencies just grew. Um, we were pri primarily doing content creation, videos and, and, and photography and things like that. Um, my mate came on board as the videographer. We then got another videographer and I spent 24 seven of my time heavily investing in digital marketing, Facebook advertising, email marketing. I got specializations in, in those fields and just invested everything into it because I saw that was the machine that was really allowing brands to succeed in that current sort of landscape. And yeah, man, that was five years ago. And uh, basically a year and a half ago, one of our clients um, that we were doing work for, um, one of my friends, I uh, became really good friends with him. Um, he's now my business partner, which is Cell. Um, mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of similarities in our visions, in our what we wanted to achieve in life. We were both super hard workers and we just related to each other. And we were like, we need to do something together. So that's when Cell came on board and um, he just brought a wealth of knowledge, experience, network, uh, amazing experience in branding, product development, which is a big portion of our business now. Um, and he was involved in developing products from sports nutrition products to chocolates to all sorts of things and involved heavily in hospitality as well. And so um, he was just able to take our business to a whole nother level. And um, we then decided to rename the, the business to Hype Group mm -hmm. because we were getting a lot of interest from big corporations that were interested in what we were doing, but they didn't want to give the work to a company or an agency called Athletic Agencies if they weren't in 
the fitness or wellness space. Yeah, yeah. And so we were like, okay, we're missing a big opportunity here. Um, and we changed it to hype group. Yeah. And we deal with clients from all ranges being health and wellness is the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we deal with a lot of industries, but we always just seem to come back to health and wellness because it's what we know. It's our experience. It's what people think we're the best at, which is great. Um, yeah. it's what we think we're the best at and it's what we enjoy doing the most. Yeah. So we, we obviously, you know, uh, if we enjoy doing it, we're going to do better work. Uh, the client gets a better result at the end of the day and sort of here we are. So yeah, yeah, man. So here's hype group and this is our office and yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Vibes. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's so happy and just says in the name hype, got a lot of hype to it. That's it, man. That's yeah. We're all about that. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, so moving on to the next uh, venture with uh, CMBT Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a recovery brand for uh, com- combat athletes. And so I understand you do a bit of jiu-jitsu and um, did this come about from being a lack of specific recovery uh, sources that combat sporting groups couldn't use or mm. how did it like, start from that? Yeah, pr- pretty much, man. Um, so... Um, after I stopped bodyboarding all those years ago, I sort of transitioned into martial arts. So that was about 10 years ago that I first stepped into a, a martial arts gym and I got involved in kickboxing primarily. Um, and then I moved into jujitsu. And um, for three years, we've had our own martial arts academy, which is just across the road called yeah. Apex Training Academy. And um, before Cell became my business partner in Hype, uh, he came and started training there as well. Yeah, um, and that's how I knew we'd be right business partners for each other because we'd always wrestle, and I yeah. could see you know what <laughs> he was like around each other. <laughs> exactly, man. I could see how he ticks and what makes him tick, or yeah. the fact that he doesn't tick, which is a big one. Yeah, and um, yeah, man. And so obviously we had the resources in this machine and an agency. We had the experience with working with sports nutrition brands. For the last 10 years, Cell has been an expert in product development for some of the largest supplement brands in the world. Um, And we were training so much. We were seeing our friends train so much. And we were just thinking far out, man. There's literally not a supplement or a sports nutrition brand out there that really caters for us. There's heaps of sports nutrition brands out there who see martial arts as an opportunity and they try and sort of like get into that world, but they're not, that's not their core offering. It's not their core audience. Whereas every single day we're in the martial arts gym, we're training. We were in there 5 a.m. this morning training before work and it's what we do. And I said to sell, or we said to each other, we need to create the best product on the market in the world that we possibly can. And with Cell's experience and knowledge, it's something that he's wanted to do for ages as well. Yeah. He went out, he formulated the best products that he could, and um, yes, yeah, Combat was born. Um, yeah. Cell had this idea of Combat even before we got into Hype Group, and um, we just had the resources, man. And mm. I'm a big believer in sort of like if you want to sort of control an outcome, you need to control the resources. So yeah. we built the agency to a point where we had the, the the privilege and the luxury to be able to build a brand off the agency like that. And yeah, man, Combat's born and it's a sports nutrition brand dedicated solely to combat athletes. 
Um, we started with a protein powder, which is um, you know top of its class. It's a whole food protein powder, um, which did fantastic. Um, literally yesterday, we launched our second product, which was yeah. Octane, which is like a BCAA, sort of like a, an intra workout. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, we're just constantly developing the brand and pushing the brand and. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. see, see, it like lights you up. And yeah. I think another thing is like your passion. If you're passionate about something, naturally, like the business will come and just develop. So definitely, yeah. man. It's and awesome to see. Yeah, exactly. We're super passionate about it. We train all day, every day, so it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And um, so now jumping on to the the latest business, Nutrition Station. Um, down at beautiful Burley Heads. Um, why was this the next step that you were looking for? Did you see like a little gap in the market and the nutrition side or? Yeah, interesting. So Nutrition Station was actually before Combat. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. So um, Nutrition Station, we've had that for about seven months. Yeah. Um, and Combat launched in February this year. Oh, wow. So yeah, so similar timing actually, yeah. now that yeah. I remember it. Which was crazy. That would have been a crazy four-month period. Yeah, really crazy, man. And um, so I guess it's um, Sel's experiences in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the owner of Biscuit Cafe. He has a couple of other um, restaurants. Um, yep. They're extremely successful cafes. And uh, I saw what he was doing and I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Yep. Holly and I, which is my partner, always had a little dream of having our own what we call protein pantry. Mm. Um, we had this idea of, you know, cause we were into gym at the time and it was hard to find healthy meals yeah. and, um, Holly would always say, Oh, we need to create the protein pantry and it never eventuated, but it sort of has because obviously we've now started nutrition station, which is Holly and I, and, um, we were doing the marketing for nutrition station because it's a franchise for the head franchise. Um, and, uh, the owner of uh, that the head business is a good friend of ours and um, he basically was like oh, I want to open a cafe on the Gold Coast and I want you guys to, to look after it or to own it and we were like oh cool sounds cool um, for Holly and I it's not a business that we've known yeah. um, we don't know the hospitality industry um, but we just thought <laughs> maybe naively yeah. How hard can it be? Let's, let's give this a crack. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we, we bought it um, and built it. And um, yeah, man, we've had it ever since. And yeah. tonight we're opening for dinners, which is exciting. Uh-huh. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, um, it's a tough business. Out of all the businesses, cafe business is definitely the toughest, toughest yeah. business to run for sure. For sure, 100%. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so how do you manage to stay so motivated and switched on? Do you use a certain type of physical fitness? And do you like use this to escape from all the thoughts you must be going through like within the business? And Good question. I probably don't escape as much as I should, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. Um, it's difficult and it's not ideal, the web that I've kind of, we've created for ourselves with all these businesses. It's just happened the way it has and I'm, grateful for it that yeah. the fact that we're able to manage it um i obviously do martial arts every single day and i would say that that's my form of escapism um it's 
my opportunity to not think about work and yeah. when you're getting choked by it, you know, <laughs> someone that's better than you, you're not thinking about sort of what's happening at the cafe or in the agency yeah. or anything like that. Um, so I would say that that's my form of escape. Yeah. If I don't do that, if I find myself on long periods or even a few days not going to training, it's easy to go into a negative spiral. So I think yeah. physical activity is a huge mm-hmm. part of my escape. Um, and then I have been getting better and I'm making a conscious effort to switch off at certain times when I feel comfortable to. Mm-hmm. It might be a, a Saturday afternoon yeah. um, just to spend some time with my family, um, with Holly, my partner, yeah. and go and do something fun like go to the movies or go to dinner or something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, because Holly and I are involved in the cafe business together and she's got other businesses outside we do find ourselves talking a bit about work, but mm. we're finding it, it, we're building the skill. It's a skill to be able to try and escape. Yeah. We're building the skill to, um, to escape a little bit and give ourselves time, but it's a work in progress. Yes. It, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. Nah, it's yeah. definitely like, I remember I was interviewing this uh, guy called Glenn Richards. I was listening to that podcast. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. And um, he talks about, there's there's no such thing as balance, but it's counterbalance. So I think it's something that we all struggle with. And yeah, yeah I think it's a huge one. Dude, um, I, I completely agree with him. Yeah. I've never agreed in balance. Um, mm. There's no such thing. If you, you know, want to create something of, of meaningful value, then you just need to go hundred percent into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, once people, you know, try and have balance, which I think means, I want to relax and, yeah. you know, I want to do other things that make me feel comfortable. You lose the momentum. Yeah. And um, I think, especially in startup mode, it's all about momentum and building that momentum and mm-hmm. you need to go 100%. Yeah. Just like you're doing your marathons, yeah. you can't do that half-assed. You need to no. train for that. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to rock up on the day and no. I'll end up probably in the hospital or something. <laughs> something like that. Exactly. Yeah. But, um... So obviously you talk a lot about hard work. So could you tell us what like an average day will look like for you? Like get it up time um, to when you go to bed. Man, that's going to make me anxious thinking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm, um, I'm big on, on hard work. Um, yeah. It was ingrained in me from my family. I come from an um, immigrant family, family, a European family. Mm-hmm. They were bricklayers, super hard workers. My dad is an extremely hard worker. So I think I've learned that by osmosis. Um, this morning, uh, well, let's just say an average day, I wake up at 5am, I do a jujitsu class. Um, I shower and I'm usually either in the agency or in the cafe by 6.30. Um, if not seven, around 6.37, um, work, have meetings, um, obviously deal with a few businesses. So, um, involved in lots of different meetings that involve all of those things. Um, leave the office, go back to training. Um, I might be teaching. If I teach um, a couple of nights or a few nights a week, then I teach from five to six, six to seven, seven to eight. And then I get at the martial arts school and then I get home usually around 8.40-ish. I used to work at home as well, probably Mm. until midnight. I don't anymore. Um, so I've reduced that. Um, so that's kind of like what I was saying about sort of picking and choosing the times and using my energy. 
um, efficiently. I don't work when I get home anymore. I might look at my emails or something, but um, usually I'll just have a feed and go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, it's it's probably not the ideal day for the average person, but yeah. um, it's what I need to do to maintain the momentum. Yeah, and um, I've built the well. I've conditioned myself to just you know see that as a normal day mm-hmm. and um yeah man i'm i'm just love just get through it man yeah yeah, yeah. i don't even think about it that's the best yeah. bit yeah awesome um so now the next segment is called food for thought and um i'll be asking some interesting discussions that are happening in both industries that you work in the fitness and um the social media side mm-hmm. so um, my first question is, what are your thoughts on LinkedIn? Um, I know Gary Vee praises it very highly for self-branding as you can get like amazing organic reach on it. And um, Nick Merkovich, co-founder mm-hmm. yep. of High Smile, um, was a perfect example of this, getting 45,000 people reached in two days with only a following of 2,500 people, mm-hmm. like that just organic natural reach. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you sort of see it as like an up-and-coming Instagram in a way? Interesting. No, I don't see it as an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it. I, I, I guess I I get the sort of reference to Instagram. Yeah. I think the context is very different. Um, mm-hmm. I think LinkedIn is a fantastic platform to build your personal brand, yeah. uh, especially if you're involved in any form of business, whether you hold a position as an executive or a manager or some sort of position of responsibility um, because it's a great networking tool. And the one thing that my business partner, Cell, has really uh, taught me is the importance of networking. Um, And LinkedIn just gives you that ability to find someone in a similar industry, connect with them and have a valuable conversation with them and actually build a real relationship. And so... When you're building business, whether it's on social media or in real life, it's about building a a real relationship. So this is what people forget. A lot of brands or, you know, um, executives, marketing managers, when they're running sort of social media accounts, they think that people are just a number and followings are just numbers. But they forget that we're talking to real people. We're building real relationships and having something like LinkedIn is allowing us to build real relationships at scale. So as you said, um, Nick was able to reach 45,000 people. Um, he was able to get that message out there and touch them. And now they're in his ecosystem. They know who he is. And it's up to him now to connect with all those people individually again and build a meaningful relationship. Um, so I think it's a, a, an amazing tool uh, for networking potential. Um, and then, man, the more people you reach, the more they learn about your brands. You've yeah. reached out to me and yeah. you know about Hype now and you know yeah. about Nutrition Station and, and Apex and Combat yeah. and all these things. And so it's it's just, you know, a fant- you, you, you read my LinkedIn, so it's a yeah. fantastic tool to sort of get to know someone and yeah. see if there's someone you should connect with. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's, um, I think it's underutilized and I think that people are struggling or trying to find out how they should use it or in what context they should use it. People are still sort of spamming and, you know, you'll open your inbox and all these random people you've never met will send you these crazy messages about, you know, 
uh, buying into their online coaching or something like that. Mm. Um, I don't think they're having much luck with those sorts of spam sort of yeah. messages anymore. And I think people realize the, the need to create meaningful relationships, yeah. which is perfect for that mm-hmm. sort of platform. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's a huge uh, sort of untapped market at the moment. So something that I'm going to definitely look into. <laughs> Can you imagine how hard it would be to reach out to the owner of Nestle yeah. before LinkedIn was here? Yeah. But now you can literally search for employees of a particular in- industry that you're interested in and want to work with, mm. and you can reach out to those people. Yeah. So I think it's we're connected on levels that we've never been connected before. Yeah. And there's no excuse now to be able to connect with decision makers who can help you on your journey, mm-hmm. um, and you can help each other create great businesses or, you know. Um, you know, awesome things for the local communities or whatever, the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and um, obviously now on the nutrition side, um, diets are a big thing. There's always that next fad diet out there. And um, I know um, like through certain information, like both on social media, definitely exposing some industries. What are your thoughts on a plant-based diet? Um, and is it something that you've tried or will consider trying? Very interesting question. Um, I completely agree with you that um, the nutrition industry and even fitness industry when it comes to nutrition is full of fads. Um, it's full of just really bad information. Um, I think that I'm definitely no expert in this by any means, um, but I learn a lot from listening to how my partner Holly talks to her clients about nutrition and just how she talks about it in general. She's incredible. She knows just so much. Um, and so I learn from her, but, um, I think that nutrition can be more complicated than people think. And so it's easier for larger organizations or governments to, share information at scale, which is easy to understand. Mm-hmm. So for example, sugar is bad. We know that sugar isn't bad. It's just that sugar has a lot of calories and people complain about losing weight or not being able to lose weight. So if you just say, cut out sugar, you're going to be eating less calories because sugar is highly dense with calories and you'll lose weight. Yeah. But we know that sugar is not bad. So it's, if that makes sense, like yeah. it's, it's literally just, um, information that's needs to be put out at scale or that is pushed out by these bigger organizations. They're trying to find an easy way to sort of influence or share sort of information about nutrition. That's not too complicated mm. because we're simple being human beings. We're yeah. simple and we need information and we all need to understand it information simply because if it gets a bit too complicated you lose 99% of of you know the human population so but with that um we've caused a lot of confusion about what's right or wrong um the that's why you know fads or not fads sorry um nutrition approaches like flexible dieting and all these sorts of things are becoming really big um on social media Um, and yeah, man, now there's the movement of the plant-based movement, which has been around for a long time, but I think it's getting a lot of popularity. Um, I don't necessarily have a particular position on it, um, from a scientific perspective, my partner, um, Cell would, 
I have tried it. Um, I've never been a huge meat eater myself. Um, I feel better when I am on a plant-based diet. Um, a lot of the time we do business in Melbourne and my partner Sel takes me to a lot of vegetarian restaurants and vegan restaurants and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to say sports nutrition, I think plant-based protein powders and sports nutrition are becoming highly popular. I yeah. think whey-based or dairy-based um, supplements are decreasing in popularity. I think people are becoming way more conscious of their gut health about how foods are digested within the body and the effect that it has on, let's say, inflammation. Um, That's a a big reason why, for example, with combat, we have a plant-based supplement. Mm -hmm. It's not something we push, but the ingredients are plant-based. And the reason is because when we train, we, you know, tug on our joints, we, you know, um, we basically are in an environment where you're bashing your body up and inflammation is increased and caused as a result. And when you take dairy-based products after your body's already inflamed, you know, dairy increases inflammation. You know, that's fine when you're a bodybuilder, but when you're a martial artist, you want to decrease that inflammation and and speed up that recovery process. So a plant-based diet will assist more with reducing inflammation. Um, and so that's kind of where my position is at the moment. I'm more thinking about performance, about recovery, about getting back into the sport that I love on a daily basis. And it just suits me. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't think it is great or have any particular scientific approach or thought processes to whether meat is bad or how much we should be eating or all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting topic. Um, there's like definitely a lot of individuals out there that, um, you hear one thing and then you hear another and then they obviously show like when a lot of bodybuilding athletes, they'll show when they're just about to go through a stage and it's almost like an unhealthy stage. Like when they're just like basically not eating any all food, depleted. Yeah, yeah, all depleted. And then you, like got an expectation of that's what your body's supposed to look like mm-hmm. and then it's almost like unrealistic and yeah it's just I find it's very it's tough yeah as in the fitness industry and sort of like the, yeah yeah man, absolutely it's um it's hard people see those bodies up there and you know those people are in when they get on stage they're in that condition for one day only mm-hmm. but people see those images and um you know people if they've um, been a competitor, will share those photos multiple times on social media, even yeah. if they don't look like that anymore. Yeah. And people just get this false idea that that's how you should look. And yeah. um, for people who are a little bit more sensitive or don't have as much self-confidence or self-esteem, it affects them and they think that that's how they should look. And yeah. that's where eating disorders are born or slow mm. self-confidence and all that sort of stuff, which is yeah. sad, man. Yeah, but, um, definitely. Yeah, I think self-image is a big one. and Huge. Yeah. Mm. But um, so now moving on to the last uh, subject, it's all about reflection and people have had a big uh, effect on your life and also personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you had mentors that have helped you along the way to get where you are today? And if so, do you have certain like mentors with different aspects of your life? So it might be like fitness and it might be spiritual or it might be you know, with the media group. So, yeah. Really good question. Um, 
I definitely have not sought out mentors. Um, I think that when it comes to mentors, people look at it very literally and they think I need to employ or engage someone as my mentor. I don't think it quite happens like that. Maybe for me anyway. Organically, you just stumble across people in life that are more experienced than you or have gone through what you've gone through and they just help you guide you through it, whether it's one conversation um, or whether it's someone who's a friend um, and I would consider those people mentors. So without a doubt, I've had people throughout this journey that I've talked to, um, I've been able to talk to on an emotional level, um, I've been able to talk to on a business level and things like that and I'd consider them my mentors. Um, my business partner is a mentor, he's more experienced than me in business, he's um, you know done a lot of amazing things um, and I have more experience in other areas too, so we bounce off each other and he's my mentor. Um, so I, I, I can't say I've ever employed one particular mentor. Um, I think there's a lot of mentors in my life, yeah. from my family um, who guide me, all of those sorts of things. The more I grow up and the more I understand about sort of more about business and how much I don't know about business, <laughs> um, the more I meet cool people, um, even one uh, sort of business owner that I met recently gave us some awesome advice, which was that he does have basically a personal board of your mentors or directors. And I really loved that concept. Yeah. And in that case, um, different to what I explained before, he did reach out to those particular people and just said, hey, I think you're amazing at what you do. And, you know, I think I can learn from you. Will you be on my personal board of directors? Mm. And of course these people will, maybe they'll say no. Maybe they'll say, what do you mean? You're weird or something like that. <laughs> and, but most of the time people just be like, that sounds amazing. I would love, I feel honored and humbled that you've asked me and shown me the respect that you think that you can learn from me and I'll show you whatever I can. Yeah. And in that case, maybe you would sort of employ a personal board of director or a director for each area of, of life, whether it's spiritual or, um, you know, nutrition based or fitness based or business based and things like that. I think it's a great rule. Um, and subconsciously, I think I've started to employ that now in my own life. Um, but man, I also think mentors are like, you know, indirect relationships. So like things like, you know, you mentioned Gary V, v before. Mm. We don't know who Gary V is personally. I don't know if you do. I don't know. Um, but for sure he's a mentor. He has to be a mentor because he's exper more experienced than us. If we want to get in, if we're in the same sort of industry as him, he's giving great advice. And if we consume that advice, um, he's a mentor. So, you know, people on my Instagram are mentors. I, I look at their experiences. I, um, cons I, I, I read their experiences. I apply it to my own life. I think about it. Um, and I use their experience to get me further. I use their failures so that I don't have to fail the same way they failed. And they've indirectly sort of attributed to my growth. So they have to be considered my mentor as well. Yeah. So 
Man, I see mentors in so many different ways. Mm. Um, well, I hope that answers your well, question. Yeah. Definitely yeah. broaden my horizons now. Like I think all those mentors, like you listen through podcasts and obviously books that they don't necessarily realize that they're your mentor, but you like obviously digesting their um, content yep. and then basically formulating your own ideas off it. I think, yeah, in a sense, they are your mentors. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, now I'm a big believer in that environment is everything so um, taking a look at let's say your four closest friends and if they aren't inspiring you to become better um, finding new ones like have you ever gone through this like having to make a decision to like be like look um, your, current, your current mates made from school they're, they're just going down a different path and you want to take another path and um, like, yeah, have you ever had to make a decision like that? Or Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. That hits me directly mm-hmm. um, all the time, man. I, bl- I completely agree with you. I agree with the statement that your environment affects your trajectory in life or, you know, because your environment influences your own emotions, your emotions you know, influence your your thought processes and your thought processes influence your actions and, you know, your actions are the output that get the results. So it's just like, it all stems from that environment. And so if you're not in a positive one, then you're not going to have positive thoughts. You're not going to sort of have positive actions. You might not even perform any actions and then no results are going to come from it. So yeah, man, hugely, um, I hugely believe in the whole concept of, you know, your success depends on sort of who you surround yourself with and all those sorts of cliche sayings, but they're true. They're true. They're, they're a saying for a reason. Yeah. Um, I have most certainly had to part ways with people in my life who I do not believe are on the same mission as me. And a lot of the time it can be a really difficult process and emotional. Um, and in some, some ways you can feel very selfish making those decisions. I've even made those decisions when it comes to family members. Um, and it's not about you being selfish. It's just about having some self-respect, having the confidence and the understanding of where you're trying to go and whether these people are either bringing you down or, you know, being a good support network for you um, or a good influence. And so I'm very big on energies. Um, I was recently on a podcast um, called the Gypsy Tales podcast, which is really cool with with Jace. And he talked about energies as like a frequency Mm. and how important it is to try and find people on a similar frequency as you. I believe that. Um, And it's only when you kind of have that harmony or that balance of, of having people around you on the same frequency that really amazing results can come from it. Yeah. So I think once you find out sort of you, if once you self reflect and, and sort of understand who you are more as a person, you'll start to realize who complements you and where you're trying to go. Hmm. And if you find those people and they make you feel good, you should hang around them more because when you feel good, you're going to do good things. And I'm passionate because I'm hanging around cool people all day. 
Yeah. You know, I wouldn't feel, and I wasn't passionate as a lawyer because I was hanging around shit people all day. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I believe in your, your environment completely. Yeah. And, um, I think that you should be, have humility. I think you should try and surround yourself with people who are more experienced than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should learn and, uh, and, um, you know, take on the experiences from people who are more experienced than you mm-hmm. and, um, and just enjoy learning, mm-hmm. have that white belt mentality, which, uh, you know, is just constantly being on a mission to just continue learning. Yeah, just sure. be like a sponge and absorb all the information. Always, man. Yeah, you can never stop. Hey. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, like you said about the environment, um, I know it's a tough thing, especially around my age. Like when you think your schoolmates are going to be your mates for life, but then realizing like when you hang out with them, you know, um, it might be taking you a step back instead of taking two steps forward. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's something that I'm starting to realize, and uh, yeah, a lot of people at sort of my age don't really figure out until maybe they're like finish university and going into their certain industry that they figure out or you know maybe I've been mm-hmm. getting held back not in like a bad sense but just almost you know a growing sense mm-hmm. so. it sounds terrible right like yeah. I know you, I could even feel like you felt bad by saying like being held back yeah but if we're talking about I'm sure a lot of your audience is pretty, pretty probably similar age to you right Um, and going through the same things that you're going through. Mm. We've all gone through that. Life is funny because we all think our value is sort of our friends and, you know, our social status and things like that at that age. When you start to grow up, you realize that that is not the case. And, um, you know, I think if your friends aren't making sort of the right decisions, it's important to know when to separate yourself in order to ensure that you're still going on the right in the right direction and not letting them bring you down or your it's your choice to still hang around with these people but just know that the consequence is that it's not the greatest environment for you and it might not be conducive to your goals yeah um it doesn't mean that they're not your friends and things like that. It just means that you're just on your journey to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And a lot of the time, especially when I was 18, 19, 20, it's just like you f- have this fear of missing out. Yeah, you know, right. the boys are going out and they're yeah. partying. Yeah. Dude, I have crazy, I had crazy FOMO. I was just like, shit, the boys are partying. Yeah. Um, in my um, circumstance, all my best mates were tradies and I wasn't a tradie man. I knew it from the start. I, couldn't use my hands I was I couldn't build for shit I knew that I was going to be more sort of like go down the academic path yeah so all my mates left and started to do trades and I was like cool I'm the only one that I know going to uni and doing that Mm -hmm. they started to rock up with cool cars they started to like start talking uh renting apartments starting to talk about buying houses and stuff like that because they're getting good salaries um and you feel like you're missing out and then they've got money to party and all these sorts of things. And you're just like, damn, if you have confidence in yourself and you have a good self-esteem, that stuff will start to affect you less and less. If you have a low self-confidence, low self-esteem, that shit's going to affect you a lot Mm -hmm. and you're going to go into a negative spiral. Yeah. I was lucky that I had a good support network. I've always had a bit of you know, high self-confidence and high self-esteem, so I didn't let it affect me too much. 
there were days where I was like, shit, I'll, I want to quit and become a tradie because I want what they have. Yeah. But I quickly snapped out of that and continued on my own path. Yeah. And um, I think it's, you know, in order to be successful, you need to kind of go on your own journey, man. Mm. And it's, you can't get sucked into all that sort of fear of missing out sort of stuff. Yeah. You, you know, I, it sounds terrible saying it, but there's been times where I've missed mates birthdays I've actually missed a mate's wedding and all this sort of stuff because I had to commit to uh, you know jobs in order to move this forward it doesn't mean I don't love my mates I'm the first to love my mates yeah and now I'm in a position where I can look after myself yeah I can now look after them again or I can connect with them again and in the last say year I've been connecting with my old school mates more than I ever have in the last say 10 years because I've gotten to a stage now where I'm like, yes, I'm making a life for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm building myself. Um, I know where I'm going. I'm on, on my journey. Mm. And now it's funner to yeah. connect with my mates as opposed to like some of my mates haven't done anything since school for the last yeah. 12 years or whatever. They're yeah. on the same journey. They're still sitting there smoking weed and yeah. not doing anything. And... I'm glad I didn't stick around that mm. because I'd be in the same boat. So yeah. it's just like going back to it, man, you just pick your environment because it's going to dictate your future. Yeah. So it's not selfish. No. It's self-preservation and self-progression. You want to progress in life. Yeah. So stop thinking so short-term and thinking I just need to hang around my friends and party. Start thinking long-term because, man you work hard and you achieve great things at a young age, the older you get, the more freedom you're going to have. Mm. Man, I don't want to be like my parents where, you know, they're working and they have to work to survive at that age. I want to be more comfortable. And that starts young. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think I'm going to party and have fun and then work hard. And it's the opposite. Yeah. That's, that's just my belief anyway. Yeah, definitely go because um, I've taken some drastic changes. Like, and I think another thing is people think, oh, you, you can't change, you know, you, you're going to be the same person you've always been. But um, as soon as you start making like certain sacrifices and certain um, cutting out certain things that will eliminate you um, getting FOMA or going out. So I've past 16 weeks, I've been completely sober, don't drink, don't go out just because I know it's a sacrifice I need to take to get to my bigger vision. And um, I think another thing I've realized, especially when you're young and when you're like 19, 18, you want things now. Like I think we've been brought up in a culture where by a click of a button, you can get um, those new shoes within a day or two. And it's almost like, why can't I get success in within a day or two? And I've slowly realized like that it's a big journey and being patient and enjoying every day of it because like once you're getting to a stage where you know you've you've hit that um goal of such it's almost like if you've got no stories to tell or not enjoying enjoying those hard days then it doesn't make the good days you know so much better so too wrong yeah and um so now i believe in working on yourself um one of the most important things um i believe in because if you aren't growing as a person, then the business won't grow, I think. And how do you keep 
um, up with your personal development? Like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you read certain books or attend seminars? Like, how do you sort of grow yourself so that the business can grow? Mm-hmm. I love that you pose that question that way because it's kind of like my biggest sort of, you know, concept that I live by. Um, you know, your success depends on what's going on inside you. Mm. Your business success relates wholly and solely on what's going on inside you again. So it's very important to work on yourself. I'm a huge believer in that. I know that I said that I didn't spend a lot of time escaping and things like that. It's a choice. I do have other forms of like meditation um, or self sort of personal growth. I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to music in my car. If I'm driving from one place to the other, I'm listening to a podcast. Today and yesterday, I was listening to your podcast, Glenn Richard and and all that. It's a fantastic podcast and learned heaps as well. And um, I think that a lot of people, and you were talking about how everyone wants things quick. I felt the same way. I wanted things quick and I always wanted to look for, and I was always searching for the blueprint of running an agency or a marketing agency and having success in business. I was looking for the tips and tricks that, you know, the guys who had obviously solved these or, you know, they've had, they've got these secret tips and tricks, like they've got to the top. What do they know that I'm missing? What's the cheat sheet? I want to download it, you know, and we're so used to playing games and stuff and just like, unlocking these like secret passwords or like tricks and stuff like that and shortcuts to win the game. Mm. And people think that that also happens in life. I quickly, quickly realized that there are no blueprints. The only blueprints or the only tips, the only tricks are working on yourself Mm. because the more sort of skills, habits, all of these things that are controlled by your own brain, your own being, the more you can build that threshold out, the more that you can take on in terms of business and the more action you can, you know, or the more output you can, you can sort of um, influence and, um, and control and the more you can do to make your business more successful. It all starts in your own head. That's what people are still, the more success, the most successful people get it. But the people who are trying to come up and find all of those shortcuts aren't working on their own brains and their own self. And that is the most important thing. Um, At the end of the day, business in any form is about building relationships. And if you're a broken person and you can't build relationships because you don't know how to communicate or emotionally communicate with other human beings, then it's going to be hard to be successful in business. Even if you're just working on your computer at home, you still have to call people. You still have to call electrical companies. You still need to call, you know, clients to a certain degree, you know, all of these sorts of people. That's all what business is. In order to get business, it's about networking. You need to be good at networking with people. And in order to network with people, you need to build relationships. And to build relationships, you need to be kind of good with people, you know? So it's like... You just need to be good as a person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and I'm learning this more and more as well. Like um, when I was running athletic agencies, I was a good technician. I was good at using a camera. I was good at doing Facebook ads and I was working very hard in the business. Yeah. It would only get me so far. Yeah. 
I would work from 7 a.m. till midnight every single day, seven days a week. And yes, that built me systems and processes and a foundation mm. and a technical knowledge and experience. But man, when Cell came into this business, who was very efficient at building relationships and networks, our business exploded yeah. by 600%. Yeah. And since that time, I've realized how important it is to not be, you know, obviously be a great technician, which is very important, but also be fantastic at networking and building relationships with people. Mm. And the only way you can do that is if you're confident, comfortable, you've got self-esteem yeah. and, you know, you're, you've done a lot of self-reflection. So you know what you need to do to grow as a person, all yeah. those things. If yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think I sort of realized that recently with um, because probably one of like what most fan might be this uh, thing I'm going through at the moment is financial, like financially very tough. But I believe in the energy you put out as the energy you will receive. So yeah. if you're constantly thinking about everything to do, everything for a money motivator. <laughs> then you're just going to become short calm and then nothing will lead to it. But I feel like if you naturally just put out um, good energy and you actually do things because you're passionate about it and you have a like real interest in it, eventually the money will come. It's just being patient and yeah, it's good seeing that. It's fantastic that you said that. Do you actually believe that and have you accepted that yeah. in, your, in yourself? Which And I think that's very powerful, man, because I was someone who thought that money was more important than it is. Um, and I make money and it doesn't make me more happy. Mm. It's your environment, the people you're surrounded by and the cool things that you get to do every day. Even just going down to the beach for a surf makes you happy, right? Yeah. That's things that money doesn't, is not involved in. No. It's just like, I think that people place way too much emphasis on money. It's, yeah. Yeah, okay, it's important to be able to scale and, you know, do the things you want to do, but it will come. Mm. With hard work, money just comes, man. So you can't think about the money. Yeah. Um, you need to just give value to people because um, that's the society we live in right now. And as a business that wants to succeed in this in this world, you need to give value. You need yeah. to, um, you know, help people as much as possible. Mm. And just like you said, with that energy going out, energy is going to come back in. Mm. And a lot of the time, energy means money. Yeah. So it's just like, if you're feeling good about what you're putting out there into the world and money comes back, then that's fantastic. But yeah. the soul and core motivator can't be that you're searching for money because yeah. we're smart emotionally as humans. We can sniff someone out if they're not being genuine and they're just mm. in it for money. Yeah. And um, I sure as hell wouldn't give anyone money if that's what they're primary motivator yeah. was because they're missing the point definitely yeah yeah it's one it's actually a recent realization that has honestly come to me probably two months with you three weeks ago yeah like, literally was listening to this podcast and he was speaking about how um and i just related to it so much like i've have always had this mindset that i've always wanted to do business and the whole soul like was just because i wanted to become a millionaire yeah and it's just like Cause I always see like Forbes, you know, 40 richest people. And I was like, I'm going to be there one day. But then if, if you constantly just thinking about the money and not actually helping people and then literally starting this social media account, probably about 16 weeks ago, 
and about, yeah, like I said, about four weeks ago, the tipping point when I started getting these really kind messages from people saying like how I've had a positive effect on them, just inspiring them to go and do something, like get out there and achieve it. And literally, I was listening to the podcast the same day and he talks about how um, the positive effect you have on others is worth more than any paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I really related to that and that like sort of led me to believe, yeah, you're going on the right path. You just need to like keep it going. And, you know, as you like said before, you know, you've got those mates who are tradies and yeah, they're driving around the BMWs mm-hmm. and they look like they're um, having a very materialistic lifestyle but on the inside, they're probably not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can work on yourself, like you said a lot, then eventually that materialistic side will come in. Mm-hmm. But you know, right now you just gotta enjoy the journey and yep. just think of creative ways to you know, get it going. So. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, money comes from commercializing your hard work, mm-hmm. but it's all a result of hard work. And how do you get motivated to do hard work? Well, you do the shit that you love. Yeah. That's the only way. And it's like, if you're just constantly going to do hard work on things that you don't enjoy, it's got a short lifespan, man. Mm. So like, why waste the time? Why don't just focus on something you like and work really hard at it? You'd be so surprised at how people make money. Yeah. Like, I think hearing about your story before we went on the podcast, talking about, you know, um, working with brands like Red Bull and, you know, doing all sorts of crazy extreme sports around the world and doing mm. things like that you can easily make money with that and, yeah. you, and you, you're doing a fantastic job of commercializing yourself by providing value you obviously when you look at your page it's positive you're sending a good message to people people want to engage in your content they want to feel good so they're going to come yeah. they're going to uh sort of um feel good by consuming your content yeah and um you know, the guests that you've got on these podcasts have been positive. And mm-hmm. so, you know, your personal brands, man, it's, it's great. You know, you're being yeah. positive and people want to engage with it. Yeah. You know, so it's like, if you were negative, like no one's yeah. going to want to engage with you. Yeah. But commercializing your brand's all about your audience now. So yeah. it's like you're building an audience and the more of an audience you build, the more commercially appealing you are to a Red Bull. Yeah. So it's like, and you're just having fun doing it, meeting cool people, yeah. talking about stuff and, yeah. you know, learning all everyone's experiences. So, man, it's like you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Um, lastly, to last question, if you had any advice to give any aspiring entrepreneurs out there, let's say around 18 to 22, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? Shit, that's really a hard question and I didn't prepare for this. Um, I think I would go back to um, how we were talking about Mm self-reflection. I think self-reflection is the most important thing in personal growth and therefore business because as we were saying, your business success depends on your personal growth. I would try and work out very quickly and try and understand who you are as a person. What makes you tick? Are you a selfish person? And that's okay. Just just work out who you are. Are you a giving person? Are you a giving person so much that it works against you in a lot of times because people take advantage of you? Are you someone who is led by others quite easily? Um, are you someone who doesn't get influenced very easily and uh, you know might be very confident, have high self-esteem. 
um, and happy to make your own decisions? Are you someone who gets affected by others' opinions? I think it's really important to dive really deeply and think about who you are as a person um, and understand that bad situations or bad experiences that you go through can be seen as good. Um, I was talking to you about some of the things I'm going through in business right now, which is high pressure situations. And I love it, man. I thrive yeah. off it because you've got to realize it's like the only way we grow is if we're forced to grow through stress and pressure and, you know, those sorts of, um, those sorts of factors. And so anytime I'm placed in a situation where I'm under pressure or stress, I turn to a positive mind frame because I know that I'm going to grow as a result of this. Yeah. And the other thing is like, just knowing that you're going to be okay. And do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that sounds so simple, but it's like, I said it in one. As you guys can hear, Miles gets cut off at the end here. That was due to the camera batteries actually going flat. Um, all learning curve, got to have a backup next time. But basically, he wrapped it all up in the last, literally only cut out with one minute to go. So at the end of it, we basically just exchanged, you know, thank yous. And um, yeah, I appreciated him for coming on. And yeah, that was it. And what an absolute awesome interview. Um, I think it's going to be one of my best and definitely one for the books and um, Miles and I now we keep in contact he's almost turned into a big mentor for me and yeah it's just the power of social media if you use it in the right way then it can be it can have an awesome effect on your um, network and also just growing growing yourself and meeting like-minded people who want to help you out i think that's another thing so if you got anything out of it please um, take a screenshot of this podcast and chuck it up on your story and tag me that would be absolutely awesome and look forward to next interview with dan kennedy he's uh one of the most sought out pts down in melbourne and he's doing amazing things and what his daily rituals are are something that everyone should incorporate into their daily lives to find more happiness and uh, more gratitude. So, yep, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for making it this far. If you did, absolutely awesome. Have a great day and all the best.